Welcome to Defeat PPD, where we empower women to overcome anxiety and depression in motherhood without medication. I'm Arielle Wozniak, and I'm a maternal mental wellness coach, and I will be leading you through this journey. Hello, and welcome to episode number 60. This is the last podcast of the year, and I am really, really excited to just get to take a few moments to chat with you all today. Um, I really feel like as, as bad as 2020 has been, it has been a life transformational year for me. And so I hope to share with you today some of the things that 2020 has taught me in hopes that this just maybe inspires you, opens up your eyes or um, whatever it might be to help you see that maybe the year wasn't as bad as you thought it was. Um, So one of the things that um, I typically kind of do during this time of year is I really get into this mode of like reminiscing and just just thinking about how the year has gone. And I think probably many of us do that. We get to the end of the year and we're like, oh, what did I accomplish? Did I even do what I said I wanted to do this year? And um, that's kind of the the mode that I was in. But I think it, it's unique this year, obviously, because it's been a pandemic for most of the year and um, just life has been changed because of that. Our priorities have shifted. Um, Work has changed for a lot of people. And so life is just very different than it was last year. So when we were at the end of 2019, um, it was just a different experience than what we are at right now at the end of 2020. And I was speaking with some people about just kind of that that feeling of it being the end of the year. And um, I really love like the Christmas season. I love just uh, just this time where typically you're getting to gather with your family. And so it's just a really good time of year to me. And so I was talking with some people and just saying like, man, I know 2020 has been rough, but I am um, I'm sad to kind of see all this pass by so quickly because I, I feel like the year has literally just ran away. And I feel like the this holiday season even more so. Like I put up my tree on, I think November 1st, because I just wanted as much time as possible to celebrate this season and just have this like joy and all that stuff. And so I know a lot of people did that too. 2020 has been just a different year for all of us. Um, And so I was just thinking like, there's, there was a lot of good that came out of this year. And so I hope that we can take some time to just kind of reevaluate the way that we're thinking. And if you are feeling like 2020 was the worst year ever, nothing else could have gone wrong, then I definitely feel like it's time for you to maybe sit down and think about the good that happened this year. So I want to share with you three life-altering lessons that 2020 has taught me. Number one is that anxiety was Lord of my life. And it's interesting because I thought that I had kind of overcome anxiety. And I I thought that anxiety was no longer a part of my story um, after I had received healing from postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. 
I kind of thought that I would get to shove that part of my story behind and never have to uh, think or speak of it again. Um, obviously, that's not the case when I uh, get to do what I get to do on a, a daily basis and coach women and walk with you through this journey. But I really thought my story with anxiety was over until this year when I really started to realize how much I worshipped anxiety. It's interesting because we were all created as beings that were created to worship and glorify God. And so that is whether or not you you choose to engage with that, that is the reason why each of us was created. It's for this worship. Um, and we we were all made that way. And so you have this inward desire to worship something. And if it's not God, then you will find something in your life to worship. You might worship yourself or um, your higher self, or you might worship uh, crystals or uh, chants, or you might worship your job or whatever it is. You will worship something. And I, I want to kind of break it down for you that worship is is not like this, put your hands up, kind of sing praise songs deal. Worship is everything that you do on a daily basis. How you live your life is a display for what you worship. So when you think about it that way, and you actually start, start to think about what it actually means to worship, I want you to ask yourself, what is it that I worship? What determines how I spend my time? So if you really start to look at your day and what you're doing throughout the day, the, the actions that you take, you should be able to come to some sort of conclusion as to what or who it is that you're worshiping. And for me, I realized that that was anxiety. And that was a really uncomfortable thing to, to really come to uh, the realization of because Every time something happened in my life, I went to my counselor, anxiety, to determine how I would behave in that particular situation. So if you've been following along with the podcast for any amount of time, you may have heard an episode that I recorded earlier this year um, about like, what if I have coronavirus? And that was like my initial reaction when I heard about coronavirus or COVID or whatever you want to call it. Um, when I first heard about it, my initial reaction is fear. And what does this mean for my life? And what do I need to change? Or do I need to avoid situations? Or um, like just basically all of these fear-driven thoughts are what come to my mind first. And it's what I consult so I ask fear, I ask anxiety, how do I handle this situation? What do I need to do? And so in the beginning, I really kind of avoided contact with people and um, was just really living in this place of fear because I consulted anxiety about that. It wasn't like I, I heard of COVID and I was like, okay, let me pray. Let me take some time to process this with God and see what he thinks I should do in this moment. Absolutely not. That is not at all what I did. I went to the place that I am most comfortable, which is anxiety, 
which is crazy to also say, um, but I went to that place and that's where I made my decisions is purely out of anxiety. And I can think of so many other times in my life where this has happened as well. Um, as I was really kind of in that place of like struggling with health anxiety for quite some time, um, I like it would literally take like the twitch of a muscle for me to then start thinking, okay, there must be something wrong with me. Why is this muscle twitching? I need to go to the doctor. Like I've got to get this issue resolved. That is consulting with anxiety. If you live your life that way, where the first thing that you do is you react in fear, you might have a problem with not just a problem with anxiety, but you might have put anxiety on a pedestal and made that the Lord of your life. You may be worshiping at the altar of anxiety if that is the way that you are living. And I know that that's difficult to hear and to receive um, because it is not something that is a comfortable truth to sit with. But it is the truth if that's the way that your behavior is, um, if your behavior is similar to what I'm explaining, then that is the truth. And so it was something that I have just come to like realize time after time after time this year when I'm encountering all these different situations that anxiety is the first one that I usually consult with. And I'm not saying that it, the issue is that I, I get the thought of fear because many times that's what initially might happen to all of us, but then we get the choice. Will you choose fear or will you choose faith? And I can tell you about nine times out of 10, I chose fear, not even realizing it. I chose it. And so the, the big lesson that I got out of all of that is that I can only worship one person, one being, one thing, one whatever category you want to add there. You can only have one Lord. That's it. You can't have two Lords because then you wouldn't be going to both of them first. You'd go to one or the other. And so although I thought that God was Lord of my life, my actions did not show that. And so although painful, it is a truth that I have to acknowledge in my life to be able to move forward and to progress and to heal through that. It starts with just, just acknowledging. And I think that's what they make you do in like the AA meetings. Like they have you like actually acknowledge that you have a problem because if you don't think you have a problem, there's nothing you can do to change it. And so I had to acknowledge that for many years, without me even realizing it, I had made anxiety and fear Lord of my life. And I kind of put anxiety and fear hand in hand because to me, they typically, they go together. The voice of anxiety is typically the voice of fear. The voice of anxiety is not bringing about peace and calm. That's not what it is. But yeah, so that's what I, that's what I realized. That was lesson number one for me this year. Um, lesson number two is going to sound even crazier when I say it. And that is that I want to be perfect. And I know if you're listening to this, you're probably like, I mean, no one's perfect. What do you mean you want to be perfect? 
it's just what I've wanted for as long as I can remember. And it's not something that I've necessarily said. Like I'm not just walking around every day saying, oh, I want to be perfect. I want to be perfect. Oh, I would love to be perfect. No. Again, this is all through my actions. The same way I had never said, anxiety, you are Lord of my life. Through my actions, I had shown who was Lord of my life. It's the same deal here. I had shown that I wanted to be perfect in every sense of the word. Whenever things weren't going amazing in my life, which I mean, (laughs) whose life is amazing every single second of every day. If you have that, amazing. God bless you. I hope that that continues on forever. Um, But most of us don't. And so when I would have those days where everything wasn't like perfectly lining up, I felt like there was something that I had to fix. And so I would spend so much time trying to figure out what is wrong with me and what do I need to change or why am I feeling this way? When in reality, most times you're not going to feel at your 100% best. Like it's just not what we live in every single day. And so I I realized that I was struggling with living in imperfection. The world is imperfect. Each of us is imperfect. And so when you struggle with perfectionism, it is difficult. It's difficult to accept that, hey, I'm not ever going to get everything right. And neither is my spouse. Oh, and neither is my mom or my kids because none of us are perfect. None of us are without fault. And it's interesting the way that I kind of learned this lesson or really started to learn this lesson was through going bowling. So if you've ever gone bowling with me, then um, you probably know that I do not bowl very well. I mean, if I'm being honest, most physical activities, I don't do them very well. I'm not the best at dancing, playing basketball, I mean, soccer, hockey, all those things. Just not really in my forte. And so um, I have a, a friend who really likes bowling. And we happened to go bowling with this individual at the end of... 2019, I believe. Um, And so we went bowling and everyone was having a great time, like fantastic. Everything's going so well, just having fun with friends, laughing, um, just bowling. And the first first couple of times I did not actually play. I was just kind of mingling and just hanging around or whatever, probably with Kyla and the kids and all that stuff. And just really didn't have any, I didn't have any desire to really play. And um, then once some people started to leave and it kind of started to die down, um, my husband was like, hey, why don't you play a game? And so I played a game. Mind you, I had been having amazing time all the way up until this point of playing. Um, And once I started to play, I was really, really bad, like embarrassingly bad to me. And so I was not knocking all these pins down. I was probably getting like six each time I was going and maybe getting a couple of spares and maybe just one uh, 
See, I don't even know what it's called when you knock all the pins down. I probably did that like once. And I was trailing behind everyone else and felt just awful about it. And so after we left, um, I just like kind of, I got angry with my husband, like for no reason. He didn't make me bowl bad. I'm just not a good bowler. Um, but I was just saying to him, like, you just don't understand, like, I'm not good at it and you're good at it. And everybody else was good at it. And I just felt so terrible about that. And that moment passed and totally fine. No big deal going on about my life. Um, but then fast forward to this year, when I really learned that lesson that I was trying to be perfect. And that's why I got angry because I was not perfect at it. I wasn't even good at it, let alone perfect. But this year I got back into something that I had done in high school, which was sewing. And I used to be really good at sewing. I truly enjoyed it. Um, in my school, I went to an art school, or at least for the second half of high school, I went to an art school. And one of the classes that you got to take or had an opportunity to take um, was sewing class. And so I had taken sewing class. I made quite a few items. Like I made a couple of like stuffed animals and shirts, pants. I made my sister a robe, which she still has to this day. Like I was good <laughs> at sewing. And so it was something that I loved. And as I was thinking about it this year and just having, you know, some, some free time or time to do something that really, um, kind of lifts me up, I decided I wanted to get back into sewing. Okay. Kind of a little side story. Once I had Kyla, um, my cousin who struggles with anxiety had recommended that I get, um, get back into a hobby or do something that I, I liked before. And so I bought a sewing machine, probably took it out of the box once, read the instructions. And I was like, I'm overwhelmed, put it back in the box, brought it back to the store. So I think that's important to kind of stay there. But anyway, I get to this year and decide that I wanted to do that. And so I bought a sewing machine and I took the sewing machine out of the box and read through some material, didn't really read the whole thing, but started to watch some videos and kind of put everything together. Um, my sons and I, we went to the store and we got some like thread and all those things. Like I just ended up buying a lot of the supplies that I would need. And I really felt like fully prepared. And I was like, I am about to kill it. I'm going to be an amazing seamstress and make a bunch of things. So the first project I decided to take on was making six pairs of pajama pants and I also wanted to make matching shirts, like physically make them, not like, you know, buy a shirt and then press something onto it. But I wanted to sew those shirts myself. And so we went to Joann's and which is a fabric store here. Um, we went to Joann's and I came in, I showed the guy like what I was looking to do. And he asked me like my, my level of experience. And I was like, well, I mean, I haven't really sewn anything since high school, but I feel like I can do it. And, um, he recommended that I just start with the pants. He was like, that's a really big project to kind of take on to make 12 items as your first thing going back into sewing. Why don't you just try with the pants? And at first I was a little bit hesitant to just do the pants, but once we looked around for a while and looked for fabric and I wasn't really finding exactly what I would have wanted to match the shirt and the pants, I was like, okay, fine. I guess I'll just start with the pants and then I can make the shirts afterwards. I wasn't giving up on that idea. And so um, like we get home or whatever and 
uh, obviously not the same day because it was just a lot. Um, but I start to make these pants and you would not believe the amount of errors that I encountered or mistakes that I made throughout this process. And it got to the point where I was ready to give up. And I'm making these pajamas for Christmas. And the the goal is for us to all be able to wear these on Christmas. So it's the the five in my family and my mom. And so like I had this great idea of us all wearing these matching pajamas. It was going to be super cute. And that's what I had planned, like this vision in my mind. And once I started to actually execute on it and was making mistakes, I was so done with it. Like I cannot tell you the stress headaches that I had, um, the amount of times that I had to remove stitch stitches and just like the anger that ensued. And it came to a head when it was like one weekend and I was about ready to just cry. I was so, so over it. And by this point, I had realized that there was no chance that I was making shirts. So I partnered with my, um, my friend in Connecticut and she actually does, um, like cricket, she can press the shirts and like put something on there. So I just, you know, like that was the easiest option for me at the time. And so on this particular weekend, I was just like, let's just go buy some pants from Target. And I tried, you know, I tried, I did the best I could. Mind you, I had already completed one pair of pants. So I completed Luke's pants first just because it was really, it was easy. That first pair of pants was super easy. I didn't really encounter any issues. Um, but once I got to my pants, I messed them up terribly, like really, really bad. I thought that I could not fix that. Um, Jeremy's pants were just really big and I didn't know how to take them in on the sides. And then my mom's pants, the waist was too high and Kyla's pants. I didn't have a pattern that was exactly the size that she is. So I had to like make my own pattern. And Abram's pants were pretty easy, but he was just kind of all mixed in there with the other pants that were just terrible. Um, and so I wanted to give up. And in that moment, that's when God truly spoke to me and gave me that message that I was striving for perfection. And I had always been striving for perfection because I wanted to be perfect. And the only one who is perfect is God. I am not God. And so it was a really like a, a come to Jesus moment. And what I learned out of that experience is that I wasn't made to be perfect. And that's okay. Because with accepting that I am imperfect comes contentment. And with that contentment comes freedom and joy and just the ability to be my imperfect self. And so that was a really big like learning moment for me this year. And really within these past few months, it was just like the bowling connected and um, the sewing connected. And I was like, I get it. There have been so many activities in my life that I have given up on because I felt like if I can't get this perfect, then I don't want to do it. Even thinking about coaching, there have been times when I wanted to give up on becoming a, a coach and, and working with women just like you because I felt like I can't get it perfect. Then how am I to show someone else how to do it if I can't do it perfectly? 
And I feel like it's in those moments that God really ministered to me that like, you will never be perfect. I didn't create you to be perfect. I am the one who takes all of the mess and I turn it into to beauty. And I use that for my glory, not for yours. So just let me do my work. And that's what I had to do. I had to surrender that to God, that desire to be perfect and to get it all right. And it honestly, that perfectionism has leaked into like every area of my life. And it's something that I'm actively working on. But if you are a perfectionist and you're someone who is just so concerned with everything being right, then I would encourage you that maybe it's time to, to do that, to do that inner work of just coming to the realization that you will never, you'll never achieve it. And it's okay. It's okay that you'll never achieve it because you weren't ever created to do it. So that was lesson number two. And lesson number three that I learned this year was that I walk too fast. I feel like this is something that God has been kind of showing me for, I don't even know how many years. Um, And honestly, it's not even just the physical walking fast, but it's this speed that I live life at. I am constantly running, 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 running. I don't take a, a moment to slow down. It's just it hasn't been in my DNA. I have not known what it means to relax. I actually recall earlier this year um, in a, uh, my small group, there's a group of ladies who were kind of just talking about different things they do to relax. And I literally laughed out loud because relaxing was so foreign to me. Like I didn't understand how you can relax. There's so many things that can be done. My mind is just like, do that, do this, do that, do this, write it down. Like I've got a million things constantly, like, like a, a ping, ping pong. Yes. Ping pong. I guess it is. Um, ping ponging just back and forth through my brain of all the things that I have to do. I've got so much stuff to do. So important um, that I just, I didn't have time to slow down. Slowing down meant that I would lose out on the precious time that I had to, like, I don't know, do all these things that I have to do. So it was just, it wasn't something that was easy for me. And I, I want to read an entry from my journal for you. So one thing that I like to do as I'm journaling, I like to write my thoughts kind of in a a prayer manner, if you will, and then take some time to just sit still and listen to see what I might hear from God. And so I wrote this entry on, let's see, on 416 of this year. And it's just, it says, I just realized it's not enough to have a time slash day of Sabbath once it's needed weekly to fill us up. I need to renew my mind daily and rest weekly to be fully restored. 
And this is what I heard God speaking to me after I had written this down. You've gone back to trying to rush things along. Doing more does not equal quicker results. It equals exhaustion. I have called you to rest in me. Walk with me and let me set the pace for your day. Don't run ahead of me. If you feel yourself getting overwhelmed, know that it is not of me. I give, I give peace. Stop and seek me. I will guide you along the way. This is a, uh, a journal entry that I just came back to just a couple days ago, actually. Um, and really, it, it spoke to me again. And it's speaking to me even right now. And I hope that it does the same for you as well. You've gone back to trying to rush things along. I had read this book earlier this year. Um, and I can't even recall the name of it right now, but I'll put the name in the description for the podcast. Um, but I had read this book earlier this year about slowing down. And I was like, yes, I've got this. I can slow down. I know how to slow down now. And it's not even like a month or so later that I'm writing this entry where God is speaking to me that I've gone back to rushing. We live in a society that tells us that we need to rush. You've got to go quick, quick now. It's the microwave generation. I, I always think of it that way. We want everything now or at least this part of the we, I can't speak for you, but I'm a part of the we that wants everything now, wants it quickly. I have no patience, like give me the thing. And if you don't do it quick enough, then that means I need to do it myself. And so I take on more stuff and just end up getting overwhelmed. But when you do that, you are rushing ahead of God. He's already created this master plan. He knows where where your end goal is, what he has you here to accomplish. And if you would just go to him for the directions, the step-by-step -step directions, he's not going to give you this whole list of all these things like you would want or like I would want. You just have to have that daily reliance on him. And he's not rushing. He is clearly not rushing. <laughs> I always think of like, Jesus and like the way that he walked, you know, like in the word, it doesn't talk about him like running back and forth to places. Like he's walking, he's unbothered by the chaos of the world. He's okay slowing down. He's okay taking a Sabbath. The one who created the entire universe takes a Sabbath. And you're telling me that you're too busy to do that? Like he was busy. We need to rest. We need to stop walking so fast. Stop running. And actually slow down. Slow down your pace of life. And this message is for me too because, I mean, coming back to this message, I'm like, yeah, you've gone back to trying to rush things along. And we're in December now. This was written in April. It's like this, you progress and then go back to the old habits. And that's what 
I, I mean, it's it's come back to me time and time again this year that I am walking too fast. And the lesson here is that each of us has to learn to slow down. Life was meant to be enjoyed. He didn't mean for us to be running around like crazy people, just living these really chaotic lives. God wanted us to live in peace. Chaos and peace, that's like oil and water. So if you want to live a life that is characterized by peace, that means you slow down. That doesn't mean you speed up. And that means you take a Sabbath day. And even more than that, I think taking Sabbath moments is amazing. Um, one of the things that I tried to make a habit this year, which honestly I have not been amazing at it, but it's something that I still try to do, is on a daily basis taking 10 minutes to meditate. That is a Sabbath moment. You don't have to wait for a Sabbath day to take a break. Let him fill you up in these day-by-day moments. One of the apps that I think is amazing, it's called Abide, and they have a bunch of meditations on there, and you can try it out for free. Um, or it may even, there may be some that are just always free, I'm not sure. But either way, they have all these meditations up there um, categorized to buy like certain issues or things that are going on in your life or what have you. And you can just have someone like read over you. Like it's literally an audio. You put your headphones in and just take that five, 10 minutes of just like peace, quiet, solitude. We all need it. So that's it. Those are the three life altering lessons that 2020 has taught me. Again, it was that anxiety was Lord of my life and I can only have one Lord. And it was that I want it to be perfect, but I wasn't made for perfection. And in accepting imperfection, I actually get contentment and I get freedom. And then it was that I walk too fast. I have to learn to slow down. Life was meant to be enjoyed. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't done it already, take some time to sit down and put pen to paper. I feel like the like physical act of doing it is just so much more powerful than like putting a note on your phone. But put pen to paper and write out what God has taught you this year. What are the good things that happen? What are the wins? How has your life changed? How have you transformed? I'm a firm believer that like the only time that we need to look back is to see how far we've come. And we have to do it though. We have to take those moments to just stop and to celebrate and to say, okay, this year, maybe it wasn't exactly how I planned, but it wasn't all bad. It wasn't as terrible as the media makes it out to be. Yes, I'm not downplaying that um, there were deaths that happened this year and there were really hard things, people losing their jobs and homes and all those things. Yes, I acknowledge that those things happened. But I also want to acknowledge that there was good that we can see if we will look for it. If you will look for it, there is good to be found. All right. Well, this episode has already gone longer than I anticipated. 
I try to keep my episodes 30 minutes or less, but um, I really just wanted to drive home those points. And I, I hope that by sharing this message and what has been placed on my heart this year, that it encourages you, it uplifts you, and it helps you to see even your circumstances in a different light. As always, this is your host, Ariel Wozniak. And if you need to reach me, you can reach out to me at info at defeatppd.com. That's I-N-F-O at defeatppd.com. And I pray that you have an amazing rest of the year and an even better 2021. See you next year.